0: It's time for another episode of The Back to Basics Kitchen, sponsored by Miller's Grain House. We're so glad you've tuned in. Here, we hope to encourage you with shortcuts, tips, and skills for a healthy whole food lifestyle. We want you to enjoy getting in there, making mistakes, and playing with your food. Now, please welcome our hostess, Donna Miller.
1: Welcome to a new episode of The Back to Basics Kitchen. I'm glad to be with you again. Today, we've got a show that... I hope will help you look at leftovers a little differently I'll tell you a little personal story um, my father-in-law whom I love dearly is adamant to never use leftovers never eat them again never never deal with them uh, pretty much despises the word leftover almost you might as well tell him it's mold or <laughs> deadly I'm not sure but If you're on a tight budget, leftovers can be absolutely the most awesome thing, and no one really needs to even know that you're using them. My hypothesis is that my father-in-law's idea of leftover is the exact same item repeatedly, over and over. It was left, and now you use it over. My idea of leftovers is completely different the way to get the best use of them is to be able to disguise them or use them in other things more like ingredients than the showpiece. So that's what we're going to talk about today. I'm going to give you my top 10 favorite things to have as leftovers. I actually sometimes plant this um, because it makes things quicker, it makes things cheaper. Um And when it's not planned, I don't discard or throw away these simply because it's a weird item to have left over I've already got ideas of what I can use it. So I'm going to give you My ideas if you could just can come and kind of hang out in the kitchen with me for a few days You'd see how I do this. So we're gonna have to just use a verbal. I'll give you some some hopefully good word pictures of you know when this happens you've got that and if you've got questions And you don't quite know what I was talking about. (laughs) It happens. I make sense in my own head. But maybe not making sense to you. You know how that happens. Well, feel free to send me an email. I'd love to hear from you. You can email me at Donna at MillersGrainHouse.com It's D-O-N-N-A at M-I-L-L-E-R-S-G-R-A-I-N-H-O-U-S-E dot com. And Or you can stop by the website at millersgrainhouse.com slash store, drop a contact there, I will probably eventually get that. Lots of different ways you can contact me if you have questions about this episode or ideas for other ones. I'd love to hear what you need and be able to tailor make some shows to meet your needs. So, without further ado, we're going to jump into my top ten items that I love to have as leftovers. I kind of have them in categories between... Starchy goods, vegetables, and meats. Now leftover fruit, there's a, a whole almost a whole category of what to do with those, but I you don't really prepare the fruit. So I'm looking at things that you actually prepare and you go, oops, I made too much, or I have too much leftover. Those are the things that um we've got to figure out what to do with them because do you realize that Americans throw about five thousand dollars worth of food A year away edible types of food this is just a household not talking about restaurants or grocery stores uh, things that pass the expiration date they're not allowed to sell I'm talking about your house and mine and this is actually a couple year old study so with the inflation and price of food going up that is bound to be a higher ticket item than five thousand dollars for the year for a lot of people on the other hand I don't know that I throw away even 10 ounces of food um, in a month. So I, I plan to automatically reuse so many things and I'm hoping to help impart that to you so that it can help you stretch your budget and it kind of give you a little bit of creativity in the kitchen to free up your process of planning. So here we go. My number one, and I am doing these in number one order, my favorite thing to actually um, cook way more of is rice cooked rice have it cooked have it ready here's why not only if you cook a large amount of it which we use whole grain organic brown rice most of the time um, and I do it in the oven so that it's very fluffy and light I don't boil it to death but I make a big huge pot of it a big pan several uh, 13 by 9 square pans and then section it off and freeze it. Basically, I pre-make this leftover. Sometimes it happens and I just have more, but I'm always excited because I know what I'm going to do with it. And of course, this is a great thing to put in your refrigerator cold in, in serving sizes for the, the meal, like a family meal, and then you simply steam it to make it rice again. And don't boil it because it'll make it gushy, but you can steam it and make it rice again. So you have a quick fix that you didn't have to buy instant rice for. Um But a couple of other things a lot of people don't think about that can be done with cooked rice is a, they can be added to other things. You can put a section of them uh, aside in your freezer and add it at the last minute to soups as a good thickener and starch builder to just kind of give the soup more body. You can actually use them in items such as waffles and muffins when it's cooked. You can take it from the freezer or you can take it out of the refrigerator and just mix it in as a whole grain. And it does tend to add a little bit of crispness and lightness to your waffles. And then, of course, one of my favorite things is to use it as a no-gluten quiche crust. Or you can... Shh, I didn't say quiche, did I? Savory pie. Um, <laughs> you can make a crust out of it with either some Parmesan cheese or egg or both, and just pat it in and bake it in the pie crust, and then add all of your your more hearty, meaty-type toppings. Um, and it cuts really nicely. So th- I do have a video on my YouTube channel about that as well, I believe. You can go to um, YouTube and just type in um, The Weed Guy or Miller's Grain House and probably find that pie crust, uh, rice pie crust, something like that. Okay, my next favorite thing to find out I have as leftovers is oatmeal. And in a lot of ways, because of some similar things for uh the cooked rice. It's of course another oat I'm sorry, it's of course another grain and it's leftover. So it's gushy, it's soft, what are you gonna do with it? Most people won't save it because warmed up oatmeal by itself is really not so awesome. It's kinda gross. Kinda I don't know. Especially if you just ate it. Oatmeal gets a little old. Um, but it can be used great in cookies and muffins and in bread and bread pudding. It can be added in as a topping for a cobbler, along with a lot of other dry ingredients for that nice crispy hearty top for a cobbler. All kinds of different things you can do with leftover oatmeal other than just re-warm it up. My third, and I use this one a lot, not because we have this happen a lot, but I just tend to plan to use the ends of loaves of bread. I do bake my own bread, so we have to slice our own. And sometimes they get a little bit cattywampus and wonky and sideways, and so it doesn't make a really good slice for bread. But we don't throw those away. We usually put them in a bag. And then later, I cube those up, or it can be stale bread, and I make croutons. You can make your own croutons very easily by just cubing them, putting them in a plastic bag and drizzling the oil and seasonings of your choice on them. Shake them up to get them nice and coated. and Just repeat the process until it's nicely coated. Bake them on a cookie sheet for about ten minutes, turn, ten minutes, turn, and then turn off the oven and let it sit in there at 350 and they'll get nice and crisp. The best part about this is it's a great quick snack that isn't chips. And usually everybody's grabbing those out of, the, um, out of the bag. They stay in the pantry for goodness, for almost ever. And of course they're croutons, so they go on toppings of salads. But, I always like this part. The crumbs at the bottom of the crouton bag make the best shake and bake ever. Known to man. for uh, Especially for chicken breasts. Because they already have some good seasonings and some oil. And so they make a really good homemade shake and bake without all the MSG and funky preservatives that are in the box mix that you can get at the store. So that's what one, that's my first go to with leftover stale pieces of bread is to make croutons, which also then makes crumbs for shake and bake. Um, but leftover stale pieces of bread are also, of course, really good for uh, baked French toast and different things like that. Uh, you can, Of course, I'm not talking the moldy bread. I'm talking about something that's kind of dried out and lost its um, suppleness. You can cube it up and make a baked French toast. You can layer it and pour your egg mixture over top and bake it in there. And no one will be the wiser. It also, of course, is a good staple for making bread pudding, which if you can get your family to, to eat that, it actually can help you use up a lot of the bread items around your home. All right, my fourth thing that is my favorite, and we're still in the starches in case you can't tell, that is my favorite thing to um, plan on having leftover, is baked potatoes. As a matter of fact, when we go to bake potatoes for a meal, we will inevitably put four or five more in there, just to have them already made and done on hand. Why? Well, I'll tell you real quick. If you've ever purchased diced or shredded hash browns at the store, in the freezer, whether they're Orita, or a store-bought brand, or, sorry, a store brand, um, you are going to be freaked out when you flip it over and find out what is actually in that. I know I was. There are so many preservatives, so many non-caking agents, so many kind of creepy things that you do not want to have to ingest into your body, simply to keep these things from sticking together, or keep them white, and it's not healthy for you. When you can bake additional um, baked potatoes and do the same thing just as fast, it's well worth it. So baked potatoes inevitably in our home, extra, extra pre-baked ones, they stay in the fridge for a very long time, couple of weeks, already baked, wrapped up in a bag after they're finished baking. And cold they dice up beautifully as home fries, Uh some people actually consider the cubed potatoes as hash browns. Or they also shred as the shredded hash browns while they're cold, already baked and cold. They fry up just as fast as the freezer version, and there is nothing additional other than potato. That's all you got. No caking agent, no uh, preservatives. It's just, really, just flip over one of those bags. If you're home, or when you get home, read what's on the back. You'll be surprised. It's not just potatoes. And then one of my other favorite things to do with a baked potato is make it into a twice-baked potato. It makes it kind of fancy, a um, little fancy-pants side dish. And that's simply by scooping out the insides while they're warm and mixing them, the interior fluff, with a little bit of sour cream and some cheese, maybe some chives, maybe some, um, some peppers or green peppers or anything you want to just dress it up stuff it back into the skins and then bake it a second time and it just makes a nice extra side serving uh, to go along with a meal that's not just plain old boring potatoes or mashed potatoes so that's one of my favorites it's a it's a good staple to have <laughs> comes from the year we were digging up an awful lot of potatoes and we were looking at many many ways to fix them uh, But it does help to extend the life of potatoes when you've got them in the pantry and they seem like they're starting to sprout little antennas. Break those things off. Go ahead and bake them because then obviously they're not going to grow. And you can still use them in the future in so many different ways. Of course, once they're baked already, you can cut them up and put them into soups. You'll find as I go through leftover, when all else fails, probably put it in a soup. You make a great homemade soup and use up almost $10 worth of leftovers that could have been thrown away and feed everybody on pennies. So soup is always the end result. Can I put it in a soup? Sure, probably. Most of the time your starches, which I've just finished, and that's pretty much the first half of the show here, if you're going to add them to a soup, they need to be done at the end, unless they're raw, like a raw potato already. Um, because they will tend to break down faster and then they'll just turn your soup into a thicker soup. And you will lose the um, rice or you'll lose the the potato or you'll lose whatever. The last starch I'm going to talk about is noodles. When we fix um, several different meals that have, I'm going to just say vermicelli or spaghetti type noodles. This is what I'm talking about at the moment. We always have extra because you run out of sauce or people get full or whatever. So the best way to store these is in the refrigerator in cold water, submerged and in, in a Tupperware container or a closed-top container. This, however, is something you cannot let sit for more than a week because usually noodles will start to really taste bad and, and go bad. So one week is about your maximum time of them sitting in the fridge. But they're easy to rewarm up and turn into other things a lot of times we'll take them and break them up after they've been um, cooked cut them a little bit and they'll toss in at the end of a soup again at the end because all you're doing is warming it through again but you can also use them as a bake type base for different casseroles so while they're still cold you can just drain them toss them into your casserole and they'll add the starchy base sometimes we use them as baked spaghetti so we just put the sauce minimal sauce left over on the top some parmesan and some mozzarella cheese toss in a few croutons and then sometimes some uh, broccoli heads and different things like that to throw in some veggies and make a baked spaghetti but you can really your creativity is based on what you like if you like tuna make a tuna casserole and then as a side dish if they're already made and in your fridge you can simply drain them again, because remember, they're in water. And then in a saute dish, a saute pan, put a little olive oil and some pesto, toss them in there to warm up, and you have like a five-second side dish of pasta pesto. So these are all the starch dishes, and yes, that's exactly how I started out, because it seems like that seems to be a lot of leftovers. We're going to take a quick break. And we're going to hear from our sponsors. And then we're going to come back and we're going to talk about your leftover meats and some of your leftover veggies. And then one bonus at the end of planning some leftovers that you may or may not have ever thought of.
0: National Geographic traveled all the way to Boone, North Carolina to select Turtle Island Preserve, a nonprofit outdoor discovery center and Appalachian Heritage Farm, as one of the 100 most enriching destinations in North America. For over 26 years, families have gained enrichment while discovering nature and, more importantly, themselves. In a world where digital screens and push buttons have replaced actual contact with nature, Turtle Island's beautiful campus and knowledgeable staff reconnect its guests to their natural roots. While camping out, visitors learn vast amounts in our non-electric, wood-fired community. Hundreds of hands-on classes are offered, such as beekeeping, woodworking, primitive skills, and more, covering the gamut of early traditional living. A program for fathers and sons kicks off the summer season followed by a five-day workshop for adults with renowned naturalist and director Eustace Conway. Turtle Island is a great destination for scouts, school field trips, homeschool, and special interest groups. Please visit our website and then visit our paradise, turtleislandpreserve.org, or call 828-265-2267.
1: Welcome back to the Back to Basics kitchen and I am glad that you've stayed through. We're going to talk about a few more things that you can take care of and use as leftovers. Not repeat them as the same exact thing so that people get food fatigue. But you can hide them, disguise them, and use them and not have to throw them away. So we're going to talk about real quick some of the um, meat. Now usually meat is kind of portioned out for our family we have you know you're going to eat a chicken breast or you're gonna eat half of one or whatever and so I only fix what's necessary at the time but there are certain meats that seems like we always have the, the leftovers kind of clinging to <laughs> for something to be done with them and one of those is in the sauce category and the taco meat category ground beef tends to be one of our prolific leftovers I either cook way too much or not enough so uh ground beef is something that can be used in just about any type of soup after it's been cooked. And it freezes great, but the one thing you need to do is make sure you don't freeze it along with other things. Keep it separate so that it can be used. Um, another thing you can do with taco meat that's already been pre-seasoned is, of course, make a taco salad to instead of just tacos. And just turn it into a lunch versus a dinner. Um, put them on top of nachos, use them in on top of that baked potato, lots of different ways that you can use leftover taco meat. I'm talking about stuff that's already been seasoned that way. Now, if it's just ground beef, you have a myriad of things that you can do with it. If it's spaghetti sauce, I alluded to baked spaghetti already, but it can be frozen as spaghetti sauce and later dumped into soup, and not a soul will know. It's pretty awesome. Okay. The next meat that we tend to have as leftovers, and I think a lot of you might, is what's left over on a roasted piece of poultry. Like, not piece, but a roast, roasted entire poultry. <laughs> a, a whole chicken. Or, we're coming up on Thanksgiving, a whole turkey. Holy cow, those things have so much meat left on them. It's amazing. Now, two things that you get out of this is not just the meat when you boil down a carcass sorry that 's the only way to call it that 's been picked clean of the the more prime meat. you not only get the extra meat that you pull off but you also get some wonderful broth. The key to making your best broth this is one bonus is after you 've picked the carcass clean, reboil the bones in the broth again, so that way all the good um, Nutrients from the bone are pulled out, the glucosamine that helps with uh, arthritis, but it will also give you a deeper flavor in the broth. So it doesn't just taste like my, my good friend uh, Vicki Lynn Haycraft from Real Food Living went to her house one time, and <laughs> my favorite phrase she ever used was, it, It's like the chicken just walked through the water. It doesn't have any real flavor. So if you boil the bones a second time, you'll have some depth of flavor in the broth. And, um, it's really, it's very good. That's the best way to do it and get the most nutrients from them. But what are you doing with all this leftover meat? It's it's small pieces. It's, you know, what what can you do with it? Well, lots of stuff. I'm not going to even bother to say soup because chicken soup is, you know, soup is soup. And I've said soup a lot. But that's one thing. But you can definitely turn it into uh, a chicken salad. Add it with some celery and carrots and a little bit of mayonnaise and seasonings. It's chicken salad. You can definitely portion it aside to be put into pot pies um, as well as chicken and dumplings because they kind of go together. Now, here's a side note. If you have leftover chicken and dumplings, you can add that to your pot pie. You really can. No one will be the wiser that there's a dumpling in there versus uh, whatever. So you can actually use that in a pot pie. Shredded chicken fajitas by simply adding your fajita seasoning, some peppers and onions, and warming everything up in the pan. It makes a nice uh, quick dinner. You can put it together in the burritos or the tortillas, and it's fast. So a chicken not only lends itself to one meal for our family, it also lends itself to about two more afterwards because you can take all of the great meat off of the bone and enjoy it in several different ways. So if you if you picked up a quick rotisserie chicken, look, everybody does it once in a while. You eat it for a meal, and then you clean the bones off after boiling the water. You can have it at least for one or two more meals. You stretch that thing twice as far, three times as far as it normally would go. And you have it wasted. That's some of the best part, is you want to get the most out of the money you spend. And these are skills that you use and learn in your kitchen by playing with your food. Look outside the box of what it looks like and play with it. Turn it into new stuff. And then people will eat it rather than go, I don't like leftovers. Nobody likes the same leftovers over and over again. Okay, we're going to talk about some veggies, because I know we're going to come into the end of the show, and I won't have said anything about veggies. Vegetables are awesome as leftovers. You know, you have leftover green beans, or leftover peas, or leftover carrots, or leftover... Do you, you hear what I'm building? I'm building the base for a soup. Now, here's the something I always do. I keep a large jar of what I call a perpetual soup bowl. And if it's a vegetable, um, I will dump that into the same container if it's just a tiny little quarter cup of something that's not much to save for anything else It's just cluttering up your fridge. It's going to go in the back. It's going to turn into a science experiment So throw it into the perpetual soup bowl. I Definitely have I think it's one of my very first videos on YouTube so you can get a visual if you want to go over there youtube Dot-com slash the wheat guy or type in Miller's grain house, and you'll probably find the Wheat Guy channel Um. That's one of my first videos because it was one of my my big aha moments when I was playing in the kitchen. Going, gosh, I do this and it's probably weird. So you just dump any vegetable that will go in a soup, whether it's, a, whether it's okra or corn or peas or carrots or lima beans or celery or all of your small things. Until you have enough to make a good soup base. Throw it in with some of your chicken broth from your chicken and some chickens or some beef broth, and your spaghetti sauce, and taco meat, I promise you, you'll have a great soup ready in just no time. And literally, you already spent that money weeks ago. And it's like having a free meal. So it's kind of cool. So, uh, veggies are usually my favorite for the perpetual soup pot because they are small amounts that are usually left over. But one of my particular favorite vegetables to have a little excess of is broccoli. Because once they're already fixed, they make it into casseroles really quick and they make a great broccoli and cheese soup. Because it's already cooked, it's soft, you're not having to cook the cheese, which is a dairy and usually a dairy base. It will burn if you cook it too long. So you use cooked broccoli in that already. Alright, another veggie is usually some type of fall squash or summer squash. Um, these pureed are awesome if you've if you've used them roasted them served them singularly you can simply put them in the blender with a little bit of water just a touch and puree them down and use them in a myriad of ways they can go in muffins they can go in macaroni and cheese you will it'll cut down some of your cheese and your fat and it will add nutrients that your kids may not have normally eaten, or you may not have normally eaten, but if it's that deep golden color like an acorn or butternut squash or uh, something like that, you can puree it and add it for about half a cup of it into a large dish of mac and cheese and cut that down. It also keeps it nice and creamy. So those are all my leftover favorites. Uh, I actually planned them. I love to use them. I like to play with them and find new ways. It's hard to cram in all the potentials that they have in a 30-minute show. But I did want to leave you with one last bonus. And hopefully get your wheels turning on what you can do with weird little leftovers. Um, But here's my bonus. If you make waffles and pancakes at home, don't throw away the one or two that might be left over that nobody ate that morning. You will save a bundle if you can just freeze them. Waffles and pancakes are an excellent freezer item. Just put a piece of parchment or wax paper in between them, once they've become air or sorry, room temperature, and then zip them tight into a a ziploc bag and put them in the freezer. And so if you have three or six or however many are left over, and then one by one, when someone wants breakfast and you just don't feel like cooking it, those go great into a toaster or a toaster oven frozen. They'll warm up just like an eggo or an Aunt Jemima um pancake. I think they've got those still in the in the boxes in the freezer. I don't know. I haven't done this for haven't bought those for years because I've done this instead. But it's an instant breakfast, whole wheat, whole food. You know, you maybe use some of that leftover oatmeal or rice in it and you've given it a multigrain kind of touch and it's fast and it's easy on the way out the door whether it's to work or to school or to run errands. So you didn't have to buy anything frozen at three times the price and one-third the nutrition. You made your own. So there we go. I hope this has encouraged you a little bit. Uh, I have to admit, I had zero domestic skills when I left the house. Part of this is just the joy of playing with your food. You know, I give you permission. Have fun and keep trying some new things. If you've got some ideas or you've tried something with some of these leftovers that I completely missed, Please, by all means, email me, donna at millersgrainhouse.com. That's M-I-L-L-E-R-S-G-R-A-I-N-H-O-U-S-E. And my first name is spelled D-O-N-N-A. Alrighty, God bless. I look forward to speaking with you again next week. And hopefully I will remember to upload a show so that we don't miss a moment together. Talk to you again soon.
0: Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Back to Basics Kitchen, sponsored by Miller's Grain House. Tune in next time for more fun with flavors, tried and true tips, and best of all, the permission to play with your food.